You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh to all our esteemed listeners, our wonderful people out there that are welcome to our show on Marcus Sahaba called Medical Files, a show that was hosted by the great late Shafat Ahmad Khan rahimullah ta'ala. And, uh, you know, there is no uh, better person that could have done the job than uh, the late Shafat Ahmad Khan rahimullah ta'ala. And today, respected listeners, that me, your host, Ibrahim Smith, I find myself in a position where I've been uh, asked to host this particular segment, this particular show. I believe it was uh, the wish of uh, the late Shafat Ahmad Khan. So uh, I'm not fit, you know, that uh, I'm just doing it uh, to honor his memory. And uh, the legacy must continue. And as you people know, that he always used to sh- to, 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 to showcase uh, the best of talents. And he used to bring very, very good people on board so that the public, the ummah, can always benefit uh, from his different segments. So I don't know if I can do justice to this particular segment, but I will try, inshallah, that uh, I am not him and neither was he me. Uh, we are both different people, different personalities. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed each and every one of us with our own unique set of talents. Uh, but nevertheless, inshallah, he would have wanted the show to continue, uh, especially this one, Medical Files, so that uh, the broader community, the ummah, can benefit uh, from uh, the advisors are being given by our experts and our esteemed guests that uh, will be uh, uh, giving their input on uh, this particular segment, you know, discussing various uh, different topics. And uh, tonight is uh, no different that, alhamdulillah, that, uh, you know, we make in uh, dua and pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant our brother uh, the highest stages in Jannatul Firdaus. Allahumma amin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive his uh, shortcomings and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reunite him and all of us one day, inshallah, with all our loved ones. So, uh, respected uh, listeners in Islam, yes, uh, let uh, the show continue, you know. So, uh, medical files, uh, uh, the show is self-explanatory, uh, where people will send in uh, the various queries, etc. And uh, our team, our people, our doctors, our guests, and uh, they will give uh, the best advice available. And, of course, uh, that will be com- coupled with Islamic knowledge as well. And our first uh, guest tonight, or my first guest uh, tonight is uh, no stranger. It is a person, a doctor, who's been in the field for more than 33 years, a graduate of the uh, esteemed uh, Witt University, you know, so 33 years is quite a long time ago. So that uh, showcases experience in various disciplines, in various fields, uh, chief medical officer, family practitioner, uh, health counselor, and uh, so, so many different uh, accolades and uh, different fields uh, that our esteemed guest has uh, excelled and uh, succeeded in. Uh, but most importantly also, uh, I'd like to mention this, is uh, that uh, the fact that uh, our esteemed doctor is also an expert in a Tibbun Nabawi. So combining uh, the best of uh, both worlds, uh, he also has a vast knowledge with regards to Tibbun Nabawi prophetic medicine as it is known in uh, the English language. So, uh, you know, that makes for, for one great person. And uh, besides that, the respected listeners, uh, our esteemed doctor is also a Hafidul Quran. So, mashallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him uh, by memorizing uh, the glorious Quran. And from there on, he uh, went and uh, ventured into this particular field of uh, studying medicine purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to benefit the people and to benefit the ummah at large. And uh, our doctor, mashallah, his son also graduated as an alim. 
and he'll also be doing postgraduate studies. Uh, our guest is none other than our esteemed Dr. Imtiaz Dasu, all the way from uh, Gauteng, all the way from uh, Johannesburg. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Respected Dr. Saab, how are you this fine, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we, we find by the grace and father of Allah and all thanks and praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the ni'mas that he's given us and most of all the ni'mah of, of iman and Allah's choices, blessings and salutations be on our beloved Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, master, our master and our leader. Uh, uh, I hope you're well. And I hope your family is well. <laughs> uh, gee, Doctor, you know that I forgot to tell the people that you are actually a person that enforces uh, whatever you prescribe. I'm just recalling one incident that uh, last year when we had a sitting together, you actually prevented me from my third plate of soji. I wanted to go for the third one and uh, then you reluctantly, uh, you actually refused. And you said, no, that that might uh, cause my sugar to spike. And then you went a little bit further, Doc, and I forgot, you know, I'll share this with the people. When I went on my tour to Polokwani, you actually phoned the people beforehand and you told them not to feed me anything sweet, no sweet meats, etc. And when I came there, besides the rabbit food and the salads, which I try to avoid as much as possible, you know, because uh, I'm a different uh, type of character. When I inquired, they told me, no, Doc, uh, MTS told us not to feed you these type of things so mashallah people that you have not only a doctor that uh, gives advice you know but he actually makes sure and ascertains uh, that he is uh, uh, ensuring that that advice uh, goes uh, and uh, it is being implemented uh, uh, to the patient and the recipient of that advice so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve our esteemed doctor uh, for many many years to come may he serve the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu uh, Doc, at the same time that uh, I believe we've opened up another practice in uh, Lanesia, you know, an all-encompassing uh, uh, practice that caters for the various uh, needs of uh, society. Do you care to elaborate about that, G? Yes, So, Musab, regarding what you said, you know, those brothers on that side in Polokwani were supposed to have not have revealed this information to you. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to take them, take it up with them. Gee. And uh, <laughs> and also the, the listeners may get the wrong impression if uh, you tell them I stopped you from eating food. So I'm I'm not a cruel guy. Let me rectify that, Doc. You stopped me from eating sweet meats and not the nutritional stuff. Uh, so the greens, the salads, etc. All those things were served to me. Uh, I'm not going to comment if I ate it or not. But uh, the sweet meats and that uh, that was kept on a separate table. So uh, I had to refrain from that we have to live sometimes by example and in that case it was very very difficult uh being on the road so long uh g-doc uh, that uh, do share with us uh your new your new practice i believe uh that is catering for the various needs of uh, our people out there okay sometimes you have to be cruel to be kind <laughs> in this case it was more of cruelty than kindness <laughs> so alhamdulillah um with Allah's help, we've uh, established a, a medical center uh, within the precincts of precincts of uh, Tradewood Mall in uh, in Lanesia. You know, it is a it, it is a private facility, right? But, um, it's a multidisciplinary practice where we have uh, um, doctors, family physicians, uh, dentists, physiotherapists, chiropractors, uh, you know, speech and hearing therapists, uh, psychologists, all operating. Uh, in, in one facility, including X-rays and on-site blood testing, not just uh, not just drawing of samples, but we do the testing on-site. Uh, 
you know, to provide a holistic, comprehensive uh, service to the community um, of, of lands and surrounds, uh, you know, the surrounding areas, um, so-called previously uh, colored areas, which were, you know, established under under apartheid, under group mm-hmm. areas, uh, legislation, you know, Ennerdale, El Dorado Park, parts of Soweto, and and, and including some some informal settlement settlements around around Lanesia, you know, and, and our aim is to provide an, a really affordable, uh, accessible uh, service to the community, um, you know, in a holistic holistic manner, uh, employing integrative functional medicine where it's not just about treating diseases and treating symptoms. It's about uh, preventative medicine and improving patients' lives in the long term. Alhamdulillah, Doc. So you're basically saying that uh, you're serving uh, those people who are formerly disadvantaged. Uh, they have access to to medical facility that uh, offers a uh, quality service without uh, going to, uh, to to other areas, without leaving the precincts of their home. So uh, they can pop in any time uh, because it is uh, situated quite central uh, for these people to come there. So alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa put baraka in that practice. Uh, doc, uh, those people that are working with you, uh, your colleagues, etc., are they all Muslim or are they from different denominations? Um, no, they 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 all Muslim. Uh, the, obviously, the you know the X-ray practice is a is a is a multi-partner practice. The X-ray, the radiologists are some Muslim, some non-Muslim. Yeah. The uh, laboratory practice is uh, one of the national groups. Uh, so I mean, obviously, that's not a Muslim establishment. But the individual practitioners, Alhamdulillah, we try to promote. Uh, there's you know there's newly some some recently qualified practitioners. Uh, who needed access to a facility to practice and uh, uh, employ and use their skills for the service of the community. And it, it, it's called Trade Road Health and Wellness Center. Okay. And it's, it's within the precincts of, of Trade Road Mall. So it's within Trade Road Mall. It's in, in, in the parking lot in front of entrance number one. Alhamdulillah. So at least, uh, people, you can hear that we have a functional facility here in South Africa. And uh, speaking about functional uh, facilities, doctor, we know the state of our healthcare facilities across South Africa, uh, some accessible, some not accessible to the people. We have uh, day hospitals, and it's called a day hospital because people literally spend uh, the entire day sitting there waiting for medication, waiting to see a doctor, etc. And uh, the, you have other uh, facilities that are suffering under staff. And, uh, you know, there's not enough facilities, there's not enough equipment, and uh, you find doctors leaving the country, etc., uh, taking up employment elsewhere across the globe because of better conditions uh, to enhance their careers, etc., you know, uh, taking their skills out of South Africa. And uh, how do you rate South Africa's healthcare uh, facilities with the rest of the globe? Before we get into the thick of our discussion uh, tonight, people, uh, you know that we we starting off with this, but our actual uh, agenda is to discuss uh, the the total collapse of the healthcare system uh, in the confines of Gaza and also the West Bank. So we'll be discussing that very very shortly. But I just want Doc to give us, uh, you know, his personal and ex- expert opinion with regards to uh, rating our healthcare facility to uh, first world countries or to other uh, countries within uh, uh, Africa. And uh, just remember that uh, Doc also visited uh, the blessed lands of Palestine not too long ago. I think shortly after me, Doc, uh, you also went on that uh, blessed journey. So, uh, you know, he's not speaking only from uh, what he's read, 
or what he heard, but he will be speaking also from what he has seen with his own uh, physical eyes. Doc, so how do you rate our uh, healthcare system here in South Africa? Uh, not the private sector, I mean the public sector. Okay, so, so, so Mufti, you, you know we have a we have a double-tiered system in South Africa. You know, a, a public sector and a private sector, as you've mentioned. Yeah. And obviously, there's a there's a vast difference in the amount of resources that are allocated to each of those sectors. The public sector serves probably, and, and you know, I'm speaking from experience. I served as a director in the Department of Health Free State yeah. uh, for hospital services for a number of years, at six to seven years, and. Uh, uh, you know, it serves the majority of the population. At least 80% of the population is served by the public sector. And there's vast amount of resources that are being employed and allocated to the sector. However, the efficiencies involved are, are extremely poor. Yeah. So, so the outcomes that we that we achieving for the for the amount that for the amount of funds and resources that we're employing uh, is actually disproportionate. So there are countries in the world, I mean, if you just take a country like Cuba, uh, you know, they, they may they may not have the, some of the most high-tech uh, curative um, uh, services that we enjoy. Uh, even in some of our academic public institutions, we have some really high-tech uh, skilled doctors, uh, high-tech equipment that can be used for, for, you know, complicated disease processes. Yet, uh, if you look at some some uh, parameters by which uh, the success of a healthcare system is judged, example, infant mortality rates and uh, life expectancies and maternal maternal mortality rates, then a country like Cuba, which which uh, uh, employs a fraction of what we employ in our public sector, uh, far uh, um, um, uh, achieves uh, achieves results beyond what we are achieving significantly beyond what we are achieving so obviously the the the, the deficiencies are in management in in uh, implementation uh, in uh, controls in you know in in those aspects the resources are there however how they're being employed and utilized is where is where the 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 real challenge comes in and i mean we we most of us know that in our country it's not restricted to the healthcare system if we look at education the amount that we've spent Compared to other African countries and the outcomes that they've achieved uh, on on much smaller budgets, uh, is is leaves us flabbergasted uh, as to how you know we could be utilizing such a vast amount of resources yet not achieving achieving any any significant uh, um, uh, you know outcomes that would enhance the economy of the country. Gee, there you have it, people. Doc has used so many flowery words, uh, but I have one word for that, Doc, and that is mismanagement of funds. If uh, they, you know, if, if, if only they have managed, I'm speaking about government here, both uh, nationally and uh, locally, if they have managed funds uh, funds uh, that has been procured or set aside for, for health care or primary health care, then we would not have had this problem. But now we have uh, queues uh, miles long 
uh, people fighting at these uh, institutes and uh, institutions and facilities and are not getting their medicine on time and uh, being told to come back tomorrow, etc. So that lack of efficiency and uh, and a complete lack of professionalism as well, uh, whilst uh, the government are just uh, taking taxes from the public. But uh, nevertheless, doctor, that is uh, Africa, that is South Africa. As you've rightfully mentioned now, there's other places with a smaller budget that uh, manages uh, more efficiently than our own country. So this is the Banana Republic. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry to, uh, so, uh, sorry to interrupt you there. But yeah. just, just for 30 seconds quickly, is that there is a confounding factor within the healthcare system. Yeah. In that this, this parallel private healthcare system, which only serves 20% of the population, yeah. is utilizing a, a vast amount of resources, yes. sometimes equivalent to or more than the public sector. But it's predominantly in cura- high-tech curative services for for complicated disease processes. Gee. So, so in that sense, we are we are very advanced. Yes. However, considering that we are a developing country and you know part of a global south, the 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 the. the, the disproportionate use of resources within the private and public sector is actually negatively impacting on the overall health of the country. And, uh, and NHI in its, in its um, um, what's the correct word? If, if it's implemented the way it's supposed to be implemented, I can't find the right fancy word for that. Um, <laughs> if it's implemented the way it's supposed to be implemented, would address many of these, many of these, these, uh, um, inefficiencies and inequalities within the private and public sector. However, the fact that that the public sector purse has been so poorly poorly managed doesn't give us much hope that an NHI will be will be efficiently managed. And And that's where the challenge comes in. Because the the idea of an NHI is 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 actually uh, commendable. Uh, However the gaps, the gaps that uh, exist in terms of its, uh, in terms of, in, in terms of the uh, government to be able to implement, is 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 where, uh, you know, where we're going to be significantly challenged. Gee, I totally agree with you, Doc. You know that people have their whole spin on the NHI. And uh, I don't see any 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 good coming from that as well because they cannot come to an agreement as to how it will affect the current medical aids that are serving the needs of many of uh, of of the private patients. And then speaking about myself, uh, when I had to go for robotics, uh, you know, I had to go to a private uh, institution because uh, the public sector couldn't help me for four years. In fact, they misdiagnosed me. And I uh, told me I have something else, you know, it's only when I went to the private sector uh, where they diagnosed me and then they corrected the procedure. But these things uh, cost money and not everyone has access to money. And the healthcare sector is very, very expensive. Sometimes uh, people have to decide between eating and living or between uh, paying their health uh, care facility or their bills. So that is it, people, right here on Marka Sahaba. Uh, Doc, you have all the right to speak anything that, uh, you know, freely, uh, without fear or favor, because this is the voice of the Ahlu Sunnah. And uh, because we are the voice of the Ahlu Sunnah, we say it as it is. Now, Doc, let's go back to the Middle East, uh, speaking about Gaza. Uh, it's winter time there, of course, you know, people having uh, being bombed uh, to smithereens and uh, so many difficulties coming upon our people by uh, the uh, occupiers, by uh, the, the illegitimate uh, state of uh, Israel, Israel. And, uh, you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroy them all. So these people, uh, you know, uh, when I, I speak, uh, I speak under correction, but um, uh, winter having settled in there, 
having no access uh, to basic health care, primary health care and facilities, whilst many South Africans are moaning and groaning about the state of their health care facilities. Uh, majority of the facilities there have been bombarded, been destroyed. Uh, uh, more than 300 attacks on health care facilities. Uh, more than 600 institutions raised uh, because of these bombs that were dropped upon them. Uh, people don't have access, you know, to basic health care. So uh, that coupled with Winter Doctor, so uh, can you give us, uh, you know, some input uh, that uh, what is the scenario like on on, 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 on zero ground level for a basic human being, let alone being a Muslim, that uh, having to navigate through these difficult circumstances. Uh, for example, uh, you know, that uh, there's no facility to go to. We're speaking about people who were actually physically bombed that uh, needs a critical care. How do you describe the situation? Our, our, our hearts bleed for our, for our brethren and our sisters and our, our our fellow Muslimin in 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 the blessed lands of, of of Sham and Palestine, and and we actually we actually should be ashamed that two billion of us cannot cannot protect them and grant them the the and 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 fulfil their needs. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in His infinite grace and mercy and power grant His grant victory to them despite Amen. our weakness and inadequacies. So in this in 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 winter, uh, I'm, you know, in winter we know sometimes even in in Al Quds it can snow, uh, and uh, this uh, you know these crimes against humanity that have been perpetrated by by our enemies and Allah's enemies, mm-hmm. and and this, these genocidal acts of this and, and 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 there's no doubt that they're actually targeting the. They, they're targeting the health facilities. They're Ooh. targeting infrastructure. They're targeting health workers, and um, uh, you know the, the the risk of disease increase exponentially. Ooh. They aren't even. They don't even have consumables to dress wounds. I, I read an article that they don't even have antibiotics in winter. I mean that's a basic requirement. People are getting bronchitis, chest infections. Now. They don't have access to food, so they're nutritionally challenged. Mm. Their immune systems are weakened. Mm. They're more susceptible to disease. Uh, their bodies are not able to fight disease because they don't have sufficient, sufficient uh, nutritional intake for, for to 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 ensure adequate functioning of the, or, 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 you know, of all the organ systems. And um, the, you know, it's 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 one one one. Uh, disaster upon another that 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 they're encountering and and uh, I don't know what to say. Allah 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 Subhanahu wa Taala just make it easy for them. I mean I mean doctor. So basically, you're saying that there's a triple threat. Uh, we have bombs raining down upon them that will kill them. If that doesn't kill them, then uh, surely nutrition will kill them. And uh, if that doesn't kill them, then uh, their failing immune systems, meaning a disease, will kill them. So it's a triple threat for the people of Gaza on the floor, on the ground, uh, fighting and running away, uh, being sent to the south and then being bombed that side and then running to the north and uh, being uh, bombed uh, on uh, that side also. And then having no structural facility to go to, having to work from uh, makeshift tents, etc. And uh, then uh, not only that, Doc, you know, what is very, very disturbing is uh, that these people, uh, you know, they actually bomb the healthcare workers as well. Uh, there's uh, doctors uh, without borders working there. There's uh, United Nations health officials working there. And uh, because they have the complete disdain and disregard for life 
and uh, for person they bombing them first how many ambulances were destroyed etc that has to carriage and uh, transport the patients to the facilities and then uh, let's not forget shifa hospital and uh, so many other facilities, you know, where they actually bombed uh, the entire hospital. So there were people take shelter and refuge and go for dressing and uh, to have their wounds healed. Uh, that has been completely erased. So uh, if the winter doesn't kill them, then surely the conditions on the ground will kill them. And also, Doc, that uh, speaking about disease, you know, that uh, in a war-torn country like this, what are the most common diseases that will emerge? I mean, we have uh, people buried under the rubble. Uh, there's no clear stream of water uh, flowing through the, the channels of Gaza. Water uh, and access to water is limited. So uh, there perhaps we can rule out cholera. But uh, then you have you had an increase of in cases of diarrhea uh, going up from 48,000 to over 80,000 cases at uh, one stage, you know, what as much as 3,500 cases, new cases per day. Uh, diarrhea, especially in children under the age of five years old. Uh, how, how does uh, the, the, the medical team or those doctors who are present there, how do you think, doctor, that uh, they are coping under these extreme circumstances and conditions imposed by the descendants of apes and swines? Gee. What's up? I, you know, I, I only hear the reports and I'm, I'm in awe of them. Well, I'm in awe of those health workers who are giving their, not only their time, but their, their lives, you know, in, in the service of, of the fellow Muslimin and the fellow uh, in, in the service of, of humanity. Uh, you know, I mean, we know that, that, that uh, Zionist dogs are, are, are specifically targeting infrastructure. Indeed. So the water supply has been targeted, so there's no fresh water. Indeed. The sanitation has been targeted, so there's no adequate clearance of, of, of of, of waste matter and, and sewage and so forth. And this is a toxic mixture that leads to multiple uh, gastrointestinal infections and, and, and complications with diarrhea and worse, uh, you know, invasive, uh, invasive infections of the, of the gastrointestinal system. And then they don't have antibiotics to treat that. They don't have sufficient fluid to be able to replace uh, those that are being dehydrated because of the diarrhea and vomiting. And worse still, uh, the kids especially are nutritionally challenged. You know, if a, if, if a child for, for a few weeks doesn't get sufficient protein intake, um, they, they start breaking down muscle, uh, their immune system start malfunctioning. Yeah. So they're not able to fight off the disease. They're not able to recuperate. They're not, uh, even if they're getting med medication, their bodies are not able to, uh, the body needs to be able to recuperate itself. Yeah. But, 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 but you need nutrients for that. You need fuel. If a yes. car doesn't have fuel, it can't, it, it can't, it can't operate. So, so without without the without nutritional fuel, uh, they they are sitting ducks for disease. But but the 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 sabr and the iman Allah leaves us in awe. Gee, gee, doctor, you know that I say that resilience. Uh, the people of Gaza has taught this ummah. Uh, the people of Gaza, of course, has awakened this ummah. And uh, speaking about nutrition, uh, you know that uh, before the war on, on the 7th of October, there was already a blockage in place that certain items were prohibited uh, from entering Gaza, uh, things that we take for granted, uh, jam, potatoes, etc., uh, stuff like that, you know. Uh, those items uh, that was it was blacklisted by the Zionist government, so it was not even allowed in. And then uh, post uh, or pre-war, you had up to 500 trucks a day uh, going into Gaza and delivering aid. 
and uh, medicine and equipment, etc. And uh, just to take you back to uh, 2021, after that particular war, that I personally, you know, I used to be involved in a campaign in taking medical supplies uh, from here to the people of Gaza. However, we couldn't purchase it here. We had to purchase it uh, in Egypt. And uh, there we worked with the Palestinian uh, Red Crescent. And uh, there the people uh, responsible for sending aid and uh, medical supplies, etc. to the people of Gaza because they work with uh, various embassies in and around there going through to the Rafah border. So when we inquired from them, that what what is uh, you know the need of the hour? What do people require there? And surprisingly, on top of the list was wheelchairs. That was the first thing. So that suggested a loss of a uh, loss of limb and uh, body parts, which uh, made people immovable and incapable of walking or moving around. And uh, second on that list, doc, was uh, material to dress wounds and antibiotics, as you've stated now. So if that was in 2021, and that was only for a few days, this war has surpassed almost 109, 110 days. So how critical can the situation be on the ground right now when these people, these doctors don't have the resources uh, to, to work, you know, do, will they have to improvise? Will they have to rely on what is available? Or will they have to follow their natural instinct? Or what, what does a person, a medical practitioner do uh, in such a place in, at this point in time, doctor? How do you uh, react to all of this? We can't even imagine working in that kind of environment. We can't even imagine that how will we improvise to be, you know, to, 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 um, uh, to try and, to try and fulfill the needs of those, those, those who are in need of, of, of medical assistance. They don't even have dressings and people are coming in with complicated wounds, gunshot wounds, shrapnel wounds, uh, loss of limb. Imagine if a, if, 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 if a leg is amputated, uh, because of, um, a crash injury from a, uh, from a collapsing building or uh, a, a direct bullet wound and you don't have dressings to stop the to stop the bleeding and then you don't have an, an anesthetic to give the patient to be able to surgically correct uh, whatever needs to be corrected and shave the bone or uh, tie the blood vessel so that there, there, there isn't any further bleeding there, there are children who are receiving amputations without anesthetic i saw the doctor i just wanted to ask you now imagine Gee. The, the, imagine what what what, what that child is go, going through and the doctors don't have a choice so it's either do the procedure without an anesthetic or the child bleeds out in front of you so they caught between a rock and a hard place so so basically there only a few seconds to decide on a life uh, uh, saving procedure uh, i read an article and i saw also that how children are being treated uh, medically and attended to medically without uh, the access to anesthetics, you know. So I can just imagine how painful uh, that uh, c can be uh, because you have a child, a minor, six, seven, eight years old, having been shot with a bullet, uh, bullet uh, that is so thick, you know, I saw the, the size of my thumb. And uh, even when I went to Palestine, I saw them using rubber bullets the size of my fist uh, and that they used to knock out the eyes of the young Palestinian children so that when they grow up, they become blind or they get uh, uh, shot at in the eyes so that they become blind at that moment so they don't identify uh, the, uh, the transgressors in this case. But that was only rubber bullets, doctor. Yeah, doctors have to work without anesthetics, without painkillers, you know, without uh, anything to make uh, the patient to sleep and to make the patient comfortable. So I can uh, imagine that uh, is a very, very disturbing, a very tragic uh, atmosphere. 
and of course you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not sleep Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, seeing everything and Allah is giving a respite uh, to uh, these people who are oppressing our brothers and our sisters there now doctor that uh, the long-term effects of this particular war so uh, hearing sirens every night uh, you know seeing people being bombed alive in front of you having to scrape off uh, the flesh of your family members uh, your children dying in front of you so all of this will have an emotional and a mental uh, effect on your well-being i mean uh, we were under lockdown for two three months four months one year two years etc and uh, the amount of people that went to see psychiatric uh, uh, doctors psychiatrists uh, psychiatric institutes etc uh, that increased significantly and uh, you know there's results and there's papers that uh, published uh, that uh, that became a very lucrative sector after uh, COVID because people were suffering from uh, depression etc now that is just uh, being locked down in your own environment what a type of uh, uh, you know mental distress uh, will these people especially the young ones uh, will they suffer post uh, this Gaza war uh, we don't know when it will end and we hope that it ends soon and Allah grant victory to the Mujahideen but what are we looking at uh, doc, uh, post this Gaza war with regards to uh, stress and uh, uh, mental illnesses uh, psychological breakdowns nervous breakdowns uh, orphans being ra- raised you know without parents uh, can you cannot can you talk us uh, through that a bit okay uh, just come to mind when we're seeing a report or hearing something about about some doctors who are performing amputations on their own children imagine what a traumatic experience and imagine if that doctor is performing an uh, an amputation on their own child without an anesthetic yes doctor it is like you having to operate on uh, your own family member you know and we know that's not always the case in uh, your practice you normally prefer to uh, an outsider uh, to do the operation because of your emotional and also your bloodline attachment to that so uh, how how do how do you balance all of this um Mufti, again again as you mentioned you know the the resilience and the sabr really knows knows no bounds and allah is increasing the iman all the time and and, and raising the status for all the untold sufferings that they're going through. Uh, however, we cannot discount the, you know, uh, d- despite that resilience and the suburb, there are obviously, obviously um, 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 negative, negative effects on their, on their mental well-being. Uh, even though, you know, some of the, some of the uh, uh, concepts uh, in, in modern Western psychiatry, we don't subscribe to all of them yet. Uh, I think this would really qualify as as cases of uh, w- w- you know what is described as post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, uh, uh, you know, especially children being exposed to this constant bombarding, the sound of bombs, uh, non-stop uh, noise from from overhead aircraft, uh, and and worse still, um, uh, personally witnessing. Uh, the death of of the you know dying parents in front of them, dying siblings in front of them, dying neighbors in front of them. Uh, there's no doubt that that, that 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 the toll that takes on 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 mental health is is uh, incalculable, and uh, 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 and and we hope that Allah in His infinite mercy grants them the the ease and comfort and removes those memories from the from their minds that, that that doesn't allow 
those memories to have an have have have, an, have a permanent uh, adverse effect on their on 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 their mental well-being. Um, uh, you, you know, in 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 American soldiers in uh, in Vietnam, especially, uh, that was when this this condition was uh, was first described of post-traumatic stress disorder, yeah. and uh, it has been the, the concept of PTSD has been abused in many circumstances. Yet, I think this would be uh, an opportune moment for for. Uh, Western psychiatry to redefine what actually post-traumatic stress disorder means and what 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 could the actual consequences, permanent consequences of post-traumatic stress disorder uh, to to uh, mental well-being entail? Uh, um, uh, uh, because uh, there hasn't been in modern human history uh, anything to compare with this with this level of of destruction and 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 inhumaneness there's a, there's a, a a video or a picture of this israeli soldier driving a bulldozer over a tent with displaced palestinians within the tent knowingly happily that that that, that just defies defies any explanation Said indeed, Dr. Yunus said indeed, uh, that brings me to my next question that you spoke about PTSD and, uh, you know, that's another crime that could be listed against him uh, for having disturbed uh, the mental uh, ability of the of the children of Gaza. I've met adults who served in the army, local army, and uh, I've seen, you know, that uh, they have this tendency, uh, every plane that flies uh, above them and every uh, sudden noise, etc., then these people would seem disturbed. You can see on their facial expressions. So if that is the case of people who voluntarily served in a local army, then what what can be the case of those people who find themselves in this particular situation where they are being bombed 24-7, their places of worship being uh, desecrated, raised to the ground, their facilities, etc. And uh, now we have to look, uh, you know, that uh, that is one way of taking life away from the people. And when you remove these health facilities, doctor, remember there's also the pregnant uh, population amongst the people of Gaza, that our female uh, sisters and mothers that needs to give birth, uh, that were pregnant and are pregnant, that needs to go to health facilities. So uh, how do they go about uh, in, in a situation like this? We've heard uh, reports in the red reports about them giving birth, uh, you know, on the streets, in the roads, etc. Any uh, private place that they can find, not that there's much private places left, they have to give birth there without adequate uh, equipment, no sanitary uh, facilities, etc. Uh, so how, 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 how do they go about doing all of this? This is like uh, taking us back to primitive years when there were absolutely no hospitals available, but people had access to clean water and uh, other medical supplies, you know, to treat uh, wounds, etc. and uh, placenta and all of these type of things. But now in a case like this, having to give birth there, and uh, anyone, uh, uh, you know, will catch the baby because you're in that particular uh, uh, um, mode uh, where the, 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 the baby will just pop out. How do you deal with that? Mufti, uh, you know, an incident comes to mind about, um, I think he was uh, Abbasid Khalifa Mutasim. Gee. You know, when, the, when the, uh, there were Muslim women who were abducted on the on the Roman border, and uh, and uh, he sent a threat to the Romans to say that if, if they don't release 
those women and and if they if they violate their honor then he was <laughs> he, he would go to any length yes. to 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 ensure their their safety and protect their isa and now our mothers and sisters they you know their haya and their isa is being violated and uh, um and and we're not able to do anything yeah. giving birth in the streets without adequate privacy without sanitation uh, putting the mother and baby's risk at uh, mother and baby's lives at risk due to uh, unavailability of uh, of of equipment and uh, um adequate hygienic practices it it, it just it, it 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 astounds one that how they 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 you know the the level of tawakkul is 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 only being is only being enhanced and and uh, and and inshallah the level the 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 ranks are being raised in the akhirah and allah is forgiving the sins yeah. beyond what we can imagine but but we can't we can't even fathom the 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 the, the atrocities and the difficulties that they're enduring gee doctor you know because uh you know infection the possible risk of infection for uh both mother and uh and baby that exists because uh giving birth in rubble uh we've heard uh, and seen that the sewage raw sewage are entering the homes etc so there's many many aspects to this you know that uh i think it's uh set up deliberately that all factors in everything that is uh that can be weaponized by the zionists uh, is used as a weapon even their own sewage will be used against them because if that sewage comes into contact with an open wound you can imagine the type of infection and uh, what it will do to the immune system of uh, these people and the immune systems are already compromised like you've mentioned before because of uh, insufficient or uh, or the non-existence of uh, nutrients that they require daily uh, vitamins etc you know whether it be calcium uh, whether it be vitamin d and uh, all of these things and then having to relive trauma after trauma so uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely grant a victory to them uh, after all uh, the sabara that they are going through uh, doctor and i think that in south africa we are fortunate you know that uh, one listener has uh, sent in a message here that uh, how do we get a medical aid or how can we support uh, the people of gaza that side uh, by allowing uh, or the facilitating uh, the transportation and cartage of uh, much needed uh, medical equipment uh, do you know of any incident organization etc that they have successfully uh, now uh, during this particular war uh, delivered any medical equipment or aid uh, to uh, that particular country called uh, Gaza doc do you have any information that you'd uh, like to share with this uh, particular person that sent in this question G okay um, uh, I'll answer that question but I have to just put in the disclaimer that whatever i say does not reflect on an organization that i haven't mentioned uh, this is not a it's not a um um, um a thumbs um, up i'm not making a a, a a a a claim that these are the only organizations that can be given to these are the ones that i'm aware of okay. uh, a, a, a senior member of uh, uh, a senior um uh, humanitarian at uh, at alimdad Yeah. Uh, as told me personally that alhamdulillah they, they they're supporting one or two hospitals in Gaza yeah. and and managing to to get in some hot food to deliver from the hospital but he says the level of aid that that they they're able to provide at this stage is way way less than 
at the lowest point prior to the war that they were able to supply. Mm-hmm. And all the other projects, all the other projects in, in education, in healthcare, in social services are, are all on hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's one of the organizations. And the other organization I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, that is getting some aid is, 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 uh, is uh, all of trust. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can, you know, you can, you can, uh, uh, you can Google them and, and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, uh, get their contact details and and discuss that with them with them further. Those are the two that 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 I'm familiar. With. Okay, so these organizations are they taking aid directly or at least medical equipment and uh, serving the people of Gaza, Doc? Yeah, Mufti, you've you've done this before and you know you know what are what are the limitations and very difficult on the, on the on the Egyptian border. That even you know obviously the our our enemies. They they want to stop any aid come, from coming in. But even our fellow Muslim gov even the Muslim governments put uh, huge uh, uh, obstacles in the way of aid reaching 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 the the, the Palestinians. So so the challenges are enormous. Uh, gee, I can I can yeah. relate to that, uh, Doc, because uh, the Egyptian army had to escort uh, the aid that we took and purchased in their own country. We actually uh, supported the economy because you have to buy from them. And of course, we don't know if they escalate the prices, etc., or making a quick buck because the people that say I desperate need. But nevertheless, be it as may, uh, you know, the, these people, they have to take it from you uh, and then escort it because uh, there are rebels also on that side of the Sina Mountains waiting uh, to catch the loot and uh, to raid these trucks and aid that is going into Gaza uh, of Muslim people as well, you know. So that is one factor uh, that might hinder the deliverance of uh, or the safe passage of aid reaching the people of Gaza. But for those organizations that can manage, Doc, uh, to send in aid at least medical supplies, medical equipment, uh, so that the people can deal with uh, the loss of limbs and with infection and all other type of things that are affecting uh, the primary healthcare uh, system because it is almost non-existent. There's no infrastructure uh, to deal with it in the first place. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it then easy for them, you know, that uh, we have to support those people uh, that can pledge and give us the surety that uh, the people's funds and donations that actually it, it reaches the people of Gaza and uh, it is not uh, channeled uh, somewhere else, you know. Doc, that you've been a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, guest today. Uh, this is the first time in my life that I am the host, and uh, you are the ghost, you know. So, uh, you know, so <laughs> very, very special, this program. And I hope that uh, we will be chatting to you in the near future, mashallah, people, that uh, Doc is well-versed, you know. And uh, what makes uh, Doc uh, quite unique is uh, the fusion between uh, Tibun Nabawi. I just want to reiterate that. And his uh, vast expertise uh, with allopathic medicine as well. So there's a perfect f- uh, fusion and balance between uh, that. So uh, inshallah that we need more people uh, like uh, Dr. Around, you know, that remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a dog also gives you spiritual advice when you go see him. I mean, I'm one of his patients, uh, although it be a, a doc only on a on a see you when I see you basis. So I'll be seeing you soon, inshallah. So we make lots of dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put khair and barakah in your business. Allah protect you for many, many more years to come. May you serve the ummah, you know. And uh, more importantly, uh, to all our listeners out there, uh, do not stop speaking about Palestine. Do not stop speaking about Gaza. Uh, tonight we've covered uh, the medical aspect of Gaza that sometimes seems to be uh, forgotten. Uh, people are only looking at uh, the nutritional needs of the people there, but uh, they are in a dire state and uh, they need uh, medical supplies as well. So whilst we have our healthcare facilities here, let's reflect for a moment and think that although things are so bad here, it is far worse for the people of that side with 
completely no infrastructure and uh, there is no uh, saying dog also when uh, this war will end you know which makes it even more sad and uh, worse for the people that side so don't forget inshallah that i uh, do send in uh, your questions and uh, when we up again uh, next week uh, that we will try to answer uh, as much of your questions uh, as possible and also bear in mind that uh, the guests that are brought into the segment that uh, they will only give you advice but you are still encouraged uh, to go and see a medical uh, practitioner so uh, i just want to put in that doctor so that the uh, people understand you know that they will still have to go and uh, see the medical uh, uh, you know professional uh, so that he can do a proper diagnosis on uh, them so inshallah doc allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy do not forget to tune in on friday night inshallah on uh, the next uh, segment uh, that is called legal uh, eagles uh, where uh, me and uh, the guests will be discussing the outcomes of the icj uh, what uh, benefit uh, the the court or international court of criminal justice how will it serve the people of gaza how will it restore the, the justice uh, to the people of gaza and uh, inshallah that uh, until we meet again the voice of the ahl sunnah uh, Marcus Sahaba, what me your host Ibrahim Smith, Assalamu alaikum, Rahtullahi Ta'ala, Wabarakatu, Tazakum Lahiran Doctor. Walaikum Salam, Rahmatullah, Wabarakatu. Tazakallah to you, Mufti. You've uh, said things that that that, that uh, we are not deserving of, except from us, our little small broken efforts, and grant us all ikhlas. And this is your inaugural program as well. <laughs> Allah make it a success and make it Ameen. beneficial for the Ummah. And Allah accept from you. And Allah keep your. Yes, that was Dr. Imtiaz Dasu all the way from Johannesburg. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us. Jazakum Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu.